Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. And obviously, they can do the job because they're focused. And so people that are able to commit to a single thing and a single employer are the most valuable people in the market. Is the best resumes don't need to say a lot. You need to make your resume look focused. Okay, so this person, let's talk about this resume, this experience. Okay, so they have been at the TSA since June of 2002. I don't know if this is the current employer. Because sometimes people, most of the people are changing that's when they send the resume. But in Detroit, wow, all right, in Boston. Okay, so this person is a employment attorney for the government, which is great. A lot of times when you see government resumes, uh, not all the time, especially with military resumes, people will list a lot of different things. I would recommend that this person shorten this. Basically, uh, you don't need to have all this information, but you can. But I would recommend probably shortening this a little bit if you can. I don't know if that's possible, but you would probably want to shorten this a little bit. Provide labor and employment advice to 21 airports with 2,000 employees says a lot. And reviewing employee disciplinary actions, that's probably related to the first one. And then mediation, okay, that's probably okay. I don't know, but it's probably okay. And then all this stuff. So this particular resume is actually very good for someone that wants to, and you have to say every resume, you should ask yourself, where does my resume say I should work? So this particular resume, and you basically have, you have the choices are law firm, in-house, government, and and I guess, what else? Government, public interest, and profit. I'm probably missing some. Okay. So this particular resume says that this person should work probably for the government, but it also gives them the opportunity to work in-house. So this is actually a very good resume for someone that may want to work in-house doing employment-related work, which is good. So this resume is very good for that. It's also what I like about this is there's a lot of consistency in terms of the work that this person is doing. So this is a great resume in a million different ways, but this person is has a lot of experience doing the, the same thing. And that's very good. They basically started in 1998. Then they also worked for the government, looks like during law school, which is great. And then, so that's good. And then they were also part of the Navy. So typically, you don't really need to list things like being in the Navy on your resume. But if you want to be a government attorney, that's very good. Or even if you want to work in-house, because most employers, not all of them, but most employers have a lot of respect for people that have served the government. This person looks like they graduated from MIT and went in the Navy, which is just awesome because they could have worked as an engineer, made a lot of money, they, lots of other things they could have done. So this person really is pretty solid. And this person also in terms of their work experience is very solid. So let me, a lot of the things we've done here, like we did with this resume, you can see we tried to make it look essentially like this person had basically one employer from August of 2016 to October of 2021. So we took what looked like the person was all over the place and not doing a good job. And it made them more focused on one thing. Then this other resume, we broke it down and also made this person look like they were focused on a resume. And one thing, I'm sorry, then this person has already done it for us. They've actually gone in and their experience here It's just intense and it's great. There's nothing, everything about this is consistent. And so what happens with employers? So when an employer is interested in hiring someone, they're asking a bunch of questions. Can they do the job? Will they do the job long-term? They want the job. Do we like them? And those are the major ones. There's other ones, a couple others too. But these are the questions people are asking when they're reviewing your resume. So do they want the job? Will they do the job long-term? Do we like the person? There's another one too. I do this some. But this person, yes, they can. So this person is basically, and you can look at this right away, employment attorney inside government or business. That's it. This is what they do. They're not going to get a job in a law firm with this resume, which is okay. But this is basically what this person does. But the biggest question that a law firm has when they're looking at your resume is, is will they do the job long-term? So this is a very important question. The reason it's so important is because when a law firm, an employer is hiring someone, there's certain types of people. There are people that go into every employer 
and they do such a good job that people want to keep them around. This means that what this means is they do good work. It means that they commit. It means that they don't they do not get sucked into office politics and office politics. It means that they resolve issues at work with their superiors and others. It means they protect the employer with meaning they they probably stick up for them when other people are saying bad things. And it just means a lot of stuff and it means that people like them. It means that they're loyal, committed, all sorts of things that are very important. And someone doing the job long term, like this person, honestly, is exceptional. They commit, and they not only that, they've committed to the government. They did it out of law, out of college. They went worked for the government. Then they worked for the government during their summer. Then they've done this basically working for the transportation related federal government since they graduated from law school. So this resume is freaking awesome. This person could get a job inside the government or a business fairly easily. It's going to be harder for them to get a job in a business. There may be a mandatory retirement age inside the government, but if this person went all out, they get a job with a business. I don't know about working for a law firm because that may not be possible because they've never worked in one. But in terms of a government thing, people are would definitely in-house, they would definitely get some interest. And obviously, they can do the job because they're focused. And so this person is all focused on employee, employment-related work, just a very good resume. And this really is what everyone should aspire to in your careers, if possible, because people that are able to commit to a single thing and a single employer are the most valuable people in the market. Because anybody that hires this person next after having worked in the same position for 21 years and been happy to go into Detroit and then for 15 years and then to Boston, this person will commit wherever they go and are going to do very well. And then there's some other stuff here too. Like people are probably like them. People think, oh, this is interesting. The person went to work in the Navy and they are flying flying, and so that's cool too. So this person, this is a very good resume. There's nothing really wrong with it. I don't know that you need all of this information here that may not be necessary, but it's perfectly fine to list this as well. And it's very focused. And you can see here too, another thing that's very interesting about the best resumes is the best resumes don't need to say a lot. This particular resume doesn't need to really say much at all. All they need to say is they've had this job for this long, They've and everyone knows how awesome this person is based on all that. Now, you might, you may want to have some of these bullet points, but there's no reason to have a lot of information in your resume when everything's very good and people can get the scent of exactly what's going on. So this is an exceptional resume from that standpoint. Now, there's some things that aren't good about it. I don't think you need all these skills. I think that your long-standing employment is going to say that. I like this personal stuff. So this is another thing that's going to make people like this person. This is just a point for everyone. I think the people that do attorneys that are very into fitness typically uh, do better. I don't know if it's because of you get serotonin or whatever it is, but they typically do better in terms of interviews and careers. So this is a great resume and really shows sets a good example for everyone on this webinar because it does a lot of very good things. And then, yeah, okay, this resume, okay, so this is probably made up name, but I'm going to take it off anyway. Solo practitioner. A couple things here for this person is they call themselves a principal partner owner member. So if it if this is this person's name, you don't really need to say that. You just say law offices of person's name and and that's it. You don't need to say that you're the principal owner and member or partner if it's just your law firm. I also a little bit nervous here because you're co-counsel with this law firm doing civil rights and employment discrimination cases. If there was a way to list that this person is saying April 22 to present, they had their own firm. And then February 19th to April 23rd, they work for the law offices of Judith Lindquist, and then they have their own firm. If this person's trying to get a job, some of the problems here are going to be related to the same sort of things we saw in this resume, because they're going to ask, can the, is a person going to commit to the job? Are they going to do all that sort of thing? So I personally... I don't think a lot of this stuff here is good. This particular person is doing labor and employment litigation and did this for four years, which is very good. But then suddenly they have their own practice, which it scares people a little bit. If you don't need to put that, being a solo practitioner scares people. And and I'll just show you why. It doesn't mean that you can't get a job because a lot of people do 
our solo practitioners and do good jobs in law firms. I see it all the time. So it's not, but it's harder. So if you take a look at this resume, the person is asking, can they do the job? Will they do the job long-term? Do they want the job? And do we like them? So part of the problem with this particular resume, with their own practices, they're saying here, after all these years, let me see when they graduated from law school, 2016, they're suddenly going in and doing all these different practice areas, which is not good. This is going to hurt the person because all of the work that they had done and experience had gotten doing, and here you can see like all these punctuation errors and stuff too. So you need to be very careful. I'm not going to go through all these, but things like having to spell out words, it's not grammatically correct. If it's, I think if it's less than 10, I don't know what that word is, but, but you need to, this person needs to be very careful with this stuff. But no, you don't want to if you can get away with not putting that down and you really did work for this person until April of 2023, law firms do not like it if they see that you're working for a law firm, but then also have your own practice at the same time. That suggests that you're not committed and creates a lot of problems. And this also right here, expanding my practice, creates a lot of problems. So the way to do that would probably be just to not even put this in your own practice. I don't really see the point because if you're Working for this uh, particular firm as an associate attorney for that much time, there's no reason to say you have your own practice. It just it diverts from your commitment. It diverts from, for a lot of different things. And so it's not going to help you at all. It's going to actually drive people away from you. So there's no reason to list that. People want to see people that are committed to an employer and being at the same employer for, for four years is good. So this is good. I like this description. I like this. This is okay. This is probably some of the times people will list stuff that everyone in a law firm does. And this is not also not something that you need that you received a scholarship to attend a two day seminar. And that's probably not necessary to put that. This would go under a section called publications, probably not under your experience with a firm and do it like that. And that and the publications would go at the end. You need to clean everyone needs to really understand these rules. So can they do the job means, do you have the skills and experience to do the work? That's it. And then will you do the job long-term? Do you want the job? Do we like them? So here, eliminating this, this whole thing really is going to help you. And, and here, there's just a lot of things going on here that you, you don't need to say trial and appellate. And then you can just say your associate attorney and then do it one of the rules, by the way, for how you display dates like this is you always want to basically go and see, you can push it right to the end. So it ends at that line. You can just see here how that works too. And so that line can go through like that. And, and then this is good because this says all labor and employment, and it's just labor and employment associate is all you need to say, right? So you just say labor and employment associate, and then you don't need to say trial and appellate and all that. That doesn't really get you anywhere. Associate, you know, this stuff, by the way, for everyone, I'm spelling this stuff out and doing this properly really shows the quality of attorney that you are, at least to a lot of employers. I work with a lot of people at Sullivan and Cromwell and places like that and Cravath. And when they do something, it comes across as absolutely perfect. And there's no reason that no one, people on this call and in your resume, you can't do things as well as possible. It's just, you need to make sure everything's proof, your spacing's proper, because people will eliminate you from jobs based on that and your punctuation and all that. So you need to be very careful. Okay. So then this person was, they graduated from law school in 2016. Okay. So I would remove this. I would remove this. I would remove this. There's no reason to tell someone you were a contract analyst for two months or one month, March, April, May, three months, five years ago or six years ago. I would remove remote. There's no reason to have that on there. That Just say you're an associate, but you're only an associate there for five months. So I, I don't know if you have to put all this stuff here. There's no reason for it. There's no reason to say you're in Denver, Colorado. You just say New York. So that's all you need to do and then leave it like that. And that's probably okay. Do things like that. Now, um, again, this review attorney stuff needs to come off. And you can list this stuff in a different way. And I recommend that everyone follow this format. So anytime you have a lot of things that don't aren't congruent, meaning it's not congruent to be a labor, to a labor and employment associate for four years, and then to have your own 
law firm doing entity formation, trademark, and real estate. It's just, it doesn't help you. It actually hurts you because people want to put you in a box. And unfortunately, that's just how the market works. If you try to say here that you're you're doing other stuff, like this person is just doing anything other than labor and employment, that's going to attract people from you. And then people are going to wonder, why was this person a contract attorney for six months? Why were they a public defender for three months? Why were they... So all of these things here, really in a volunteer for three months, it it just looks like the person is bouncing all over. And here they were an assistant, but they graduated from law school. Well, in 2016, May of 2016. And so they were an assistant May of 2006. Oh, July to November, then August. And it's all these dates. This is a trial and different stuff. So what I'm trying to show you is what's very important here is all of this experience that you had before this job that's been for, that's very good. So this job started basically 2016. So this started three years after you graduated from law school. So if you graduated from law school in 2016, you could put down between 2016, 2021, held various positions working, including working for a public defender and working for a law firm based in Denver, working for a trial lawyer at this firm based in Denver. You just, you summarize something for people because you have to do, so you would say litigation, you just say something related to litigation. I don't know, law firms, you need to summarize this. And so you summarize it in the way that we talked about for this person up here. You just, you have to summarize it all because if you don't summarize it all, you're going to look like you're, you don't have any direction. You're going to look like you couldn't get jobs, like you're basically bouncing all around and you look like you're doing the same thing up here. So this person really needs to, with this particular stuff right here, this is really what they need to lead with. And that's very helpful and doing things that way. And then this is all employment related. So this is very good having that article or whatever this is. That's very good. And, but all this other stuff hurts you. This doesn't hurt you because it's related to trial stuff. So you could say between November 2016 and January of 2018. So let's see when that is January of 2018. So that's actually right before that. You could even write there that you spent two years working for this firm. I don't know what James Gigax and Miller Servants is, but, but this is good. So you need to make your resume look focused to the extent you can with that stuff here. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. And so everyone, by the way, that's on this call, I mean, it's this is stuff you guys are learning and girls, it's extremely important. Most people never learn this stuff and just what you're learning right now could actually change the entire direction of your career because most people have never learned this and learning these things can actually make a huge difference in your career. This person looking like a labor and employment associate is amazing if they do that correctly and then eliminating all this information from the resume is also very important. It doesn't have to be eliminated, but it has to be rephrased. Because again, anytime you say, if you're trying to work in a law firm, if you say that you're being a contract attorney and a public defender, it just looks like you are just rudderless. And, and then also coming back and having your own firm also makes it look rudderless. So this is the best part of this resume. And so this information right here really needs to be emphasized. And then even this stuff would go other this, and then this would go at the end. So just the biggest thing I can just tell everyone is you need to take everything on a resume needs to have the scent of somebody doing probably one thing. And the reason it's not good for this person to list their solo practitioner, I just want to make sure everyone understands that. Even though this person may be very impressed with themselves, I don't care if they did they're doing a million dollars in business with these new things. It's basically giving people the idea that they're not going to stay around long term and may say that this person is not wasn't doing a good job and therefore they had to start their own practice. I don't know. Or but you have to be able to look committed. And I told you these kind of lessons up here 
very important. The other thing is, and this is just, do you want the job? People that are independent with their own practices, et cetera, typically value independence over working for others. So do they want the job? I don't know. Probably not. So that's the issue. So law firms are very cautious about hiring people that have things like on their resume that may may look like they don't necessarily want to do that work or they won't stick around doing it. And so you have to be very careful with that. And then the problem with all these other employers here is that it actually telegraphs just indecision, weakness, maybe that person not doing a good job, just a bunch of other things that were actually fixed in this job. I apologize for spending so much time hype going over this, but a resume, this needs to look like a committed labor and employment attorney. And if this person does that, I can tell you right now that this person, they could get jobs through a recruiting firm, they could get jobs on their own, they can get, they can get in-house jobs and anything. But if they're not, all of a sudden, people are thinking, why does this person have all these contract jobs? Why did they what happened? Why didn't they? Why were they only able to be a public defender for three months? Why would they have to volunteer? All these questions. Why were they only an assistant to a trial lawyer, not an associate? All these questions are not good. Why were they a remote instead of actually in the firm? All these questions are not things that these are questions that people are going to ask when your resume looks like this, and you're just killing yourself and shooting yourself in the foot. Whereas here, people are like, wow, this person did labor and employment. That's great they know what they're doing, let's bring them in. And that's how that goes. But that's how that would work. So here, all these admissions do not go in your law school. They go down here somewhere. University of Colorado Law School, Juris Doctor, that's fine. I don't think it's going to help you, this sort of thing. I don't, again, this is detracting from your interest in labor and employment law. So you just need to look at it like that. People do not like things that redirect them from what exactly you do. So they don't, It's just employers, they don't want to see it because they want to say, this person is a labor and employment attorney. They just need to be able to throw you in a box. And that's how that works. History. Okay. I don't know what that means. I would just say comparative government. Again, no a lot of what this person's doing is they have this kind of very good experience doing things. And then suddenly they kind of drift into talking about other things. So they do it here where you can see, but they say John's Manville project. I guess that's okay, but but they're doing, they say trial and appellate litigation. And they say, so that you just want to be as, as straightforward as possible with all this kind of things. So doing things this way is much better. And again, you have to remember that your resume is always going to give people the scent for, of one thing. And if you don't give people that scent, then they're going to get a little, they're not going to like it. And they're going to, they're going to basically say that this person is, we don't know what this person is, or they're interested in other things, they're interested in other things. You just don't know. You have to be very careful with that. Now, this is, again, I like this and I love this triathlon, skiing, landscaping. That's fun. So that's good. Again, if you have fitness interests, you put them on there because law firms make assumptions about people that are interested in fitness. They get more interviews. I like this languages. I think that's great. And it's fine. So hobbies, I don't know that I would call that hobbies. I would just eliminate that. And then neighborhood clinic volunteer, wooden boat center youth educator. I don't know that's necessary. I think the problem with being a neighborhood legal clinic volunteer, I guess that's probably okay. But employers want to believe you're committed and will do one thing. So if you eliminate, and obviously Dartmouth is an incredible school. So that's good to have that. So all of this stuff is very good. But this resume, again, if you eliminate this person, if they eliminate all of this stuff that we talked about, this person will definitely get lots of interviews. But having all this other stuff on their resume hurts. One of the problems of the, and I would just say education, I don't know why it's education and bar admissions, but it's also additional information. And then this, so I would just put education there. But a lot of times what people do, by the way, it's very common, and we've seen this almost in every resume we've looked at, is a lot of people are afraid to commit or they don't know what they want to do. And that's okay. Being afraid to commit, not knowing what you want to do, having a hard time finding a job, finding a position, sometimes having doubts about practicing law. I don't know. But all of these things, your resume should never commit it. You should do your best not to have any questions raised about any of this stuff on your resume. So just remember, anytime you show you're afraid to commit or not know what you want to do or having a hard time finding your position, all you're doing is you're eliminating people. You're just, you're telegraphing weaknesses. 
I had an interesting thing happen that the uh, and when was it a couple of weeks ago? I was in Ohio in a small town in Ohio for my stepbrother for his daughter and daughter's wedding, and it's a small town. And uh, but it was very interesting because there were probably like thirty couples there, and none of them have gotten divorced. They've all been together. It's not there's no special religion involved. They're just Christians or what, but no divorces and ups and downs, but 30 couples, no divorces, committed people. And I don't know why that is. And also the same jobs for most of their careers. My stepbrother, I think he worked for Marathon. He was there for 20 years. And before that was at an employer for, I don't know, 10 years. I don't know what it is. The same jobs, no divorces, committed people. And honestly, I hate to say this, most of these people are much happier than the typical person in a big city. And I think I'm personally been in married twice and it's just much happier and, and feel safer. And so there's a psychology that happens in a lot of big cities. There's a psychology that happens to a lot of people. Sometimes they view law firms as evil or they don't know what they want to do or they think they're always going to have opportunities. But your ability to commit to an employer often will into a practice area will change your life. It will make you, it will probably make you happier. It will probably make you feel safer. It will create all sorts of benefits that, you know, that you might not even be aware of. And I'm a recruiter, but I will tell you that there's certainly reasons to switch jobs and things, but your ability to commit is huge and, and to know what you want to do because most of the world does not know what they want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do, then other people will decide what you're going to do. So that's their decision and they will, they won't trust you. They won't, they'll, and, and you will lose leverage and you will lose, you, you will hurt your career if you don't know what you want to do. So it doesn't really matter what you do, by the way. I tell the story a lot, but people that graduate from Yale Law School, a lot of times will have these backgrounds and they'll study Latin or they'll study political science in college or they'll study, I don't know, English and they'll do very well or psychology. And then they'll come out and you would think that with these backgrounds where they were first in their class or like the top 1% of whatever, very talented people, you would think that they would go into litigation or something involving writing and reading, but they go into, it doesn't matter. They'll go into corporate law, they'll go into ERISA, they'll go into anything because they just do it. And then they, not all of them commit, most of them don't, which is a whole separate discussion of Yale Law School. But it doesn't really matter what practice area you commit to, as long as you're committed it could be personal injury. It could be criminal law. It doesn't matter. But your ability to commit gives you so many benefits. So just committing to something, committing, it doesn't matter what it is. Committing makes you happier. It gives you more leverage. It does all sorts of things. More leverage. It makes you more employable. It makes you safer. It makes you less likely to engage in destructive behaviors. And I'm, because I know I'll talk a lot about that, but people that a lot of times they use substances and destructive behaviors include you name it. It could be drugs, crimes, whatever, et cetera. So to the extent you are all over the map, you're going to have problems. It's just you will have issues, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So these people that I told you about, 30 couples, no divorces, I think it's more a product of their environment more than anything. But but that kind of psychology, I think, makes people a lot happier. It's one of the reasons that groups like the Mormons decided they were going to move to Utah and get away from other people in environments. It's one of the reasons that you know a lot of religious groups, different groups don't associate, try to isolate themselves. Not that's a good thing, but at the same time, committing to a practice area, committing to a practice setting makes you much stronger. And the second you start throwing crap on your resume that shows a lack of commitment, then you will just be much less employable. And I tell you this from decades of experience working with law firms and watching who they hire and who they don't hire, and who has good careers and who doesn't have good careers. The only thing that I see when I look at resumes all day long, not all day, but a portion of every day, and I don't care where someone went to law school. I don't care how prestigious the firm they're at is. As long as they're committed to doing something and they have that commitment on their resume, people will hire them. Okay, so this is an example of a resume that's very common that people will, where they put these sorts of statements at the top. So resumes do this all the time. The last resume workshop we had, there wasn't, I didn't see, I saw a lot more of this than I've seen today. Maybe we'll see more of them. But this problem you can see here, just to show you some of the problems, this person's not at using hyphens. 
their spacing. This is basically showing you the spacing issues. So there's there's 19, there's some space times they use two, 59 times, and then 19 times they don't. So this whole thing of being really cognizant of details is exceptionally important for attorneys because, because when you're on top of all these details, that's really what attorneys are hired to do. Attorneys are hired to be very detail-oriented. The problem with not being detail-oriented, so I'll just put this up here, and I will circulate notes from this, but after this call, but the problem with not being detail-oriented is that there's, there's an assumption that if you're not detail-oriented in your writing, that you're also not detail-oriented in your work, meaning your thoughts are, are muddy and someone and other and better attorneys will run you down, basically. And that's what happens. So the only way you can show uh, that you're a really good attorney on your resume is to turn in something that is just awesome looking, right? And I'll just make all these corrections. And, and then this, you know, this is going to tell me this should be spaced a certain way. But this is an assumption. So this is important for law students. It's important for attorneys. It's really one of the most important things you can, that you can also gain from this webinar is that the more detail-oriented you are in your writing, the more likely you are to be a good attorney. And it's very important because if people see that you're unable to do commas correctly, that you have problems with spacing, and they're just going to assume that you're not, that you're unfocused and your thoughts are bad. And again, attorneys are paid to very carefully analyze information, then to take it and lots of skills involved, but to be very careful with their writing, to be very careful with their thoughts and to be able to take apart other people's thoughts. So if someone's doing this, the thought is that they're not really thinking through things very well. So this particular resume is doing a summary. So summaries are bad. Summaries are, should not be done. And I'll tell you why. The very best resumes are very short. They do not summarize anything. They presume the very best resumes respect the reader and do not condescend to the reader. I hate to say it, but anytime you summarize something, then what's really happening is you're, you're basically condescending to the reader of your resume saying, you need to, under, this is what I do, you should understand this and all that sort of thing. So where do, by the way, where do these summaries come from? Because people learn how to make these summaries. Where do they come from? The problem is most of the time, they come from outplacement agencies, that are rewriting agencies, paid thousands of dollars to rewrite your resume and make you feel good, essentially, or give them busy work to give the company something to do to show value. I'm not really trying to be rude here, but or, or sometimes people learn this from other stuff. But the problem is this person's calling themselves self-motivated, analytical, business-minded, lots of experience at top-tier law firms, business executive. All this stuff is just assumed proven team player and invaluable members for candor, common sense, all this sort of thing. This is the, you have to let employers make this judgment about you. They'll make it from your resume. They'll make it from interviewing you. This is how they will decide if that's true. You don't need to tell them. You need to show people, and but you don't need to tell them. So you show and not tell. So a lot of resumes do the opposite. They try to tell people what to conclude. You should not force conclusions on your reader you should let them reach their own conclusion. So what does that mean? So if I tell you that I grew up, this is not true, but I'll just give you an example. I grew up in a small town. My parents were, my mother was a maid and my, my father worked in a factory, but he could never hold a job. And that was very distressing to me when I grew up and I really needed to get out of there. And I wanted to do something where I felt like I was communicating not where I was contributing to the world, but I wanted to be attached to big businesses and do work in important So if I say something like that to you, you're going to reach this conclusion like, wow, this person is trying to get away from their life. They're, they really self-improve themselves. They've look at all that they've done. They're very impressive. So someone will reach those conclusions about me if I say those things, but they're going to, if I tell them I'm a attorney that grew up in a small town, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, I'm self-motivated and I'm more, I'm also learned loyalty. If I say all those things, people aren't, are just going to be like, who does this person think they are? And so this is part of the, if I say those things, instead of just allowing people to reach those conclusions. So these are things that, that a good attorney does. People, 
And this is just, this is an important example for resumes. And I, the reason I'm telling you this is because so many attorneys write these kind of summaries. But the idea is when people reach their own conclusions, they feel better about them and that they own them, own these conclusions. Meaning if I reach a conclusion on my own after getting a bunch of information, I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to, but if someone else tells me what to believe, that's much harder for me. It's much harder. And, it, and I probably won't believe it. I'll be skeptical. So you don't need to tell people what conclusions to reach. And that's the problem with this. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Same thing here, where this person's saying their skills, our analysis. This is, again, someone's going to reach those conclusions based on reviewing the, the resume. Okay, so this person, Citizens of the World Los Angeles, is a member of the board of directors, and that's what's coming first. Okay, so that's probably in the board of directors. The problem with that is that's not a, a permanent, it's not like a real, it's a job, but a lot of executives are on 10 different boards. And so that necessarily isn't going to help them, if that makes sense. So this isn't not a real job. It's a job, but it's not a real job. So I know people, I know a guy that was a partner at Goldman Sachs. And he's no longer doing that, but he's on 10 different boards. So this is not a real job. It may seem like a real job to you, but it's not, I don't, this is probably made up. It's maybe it's a school system or something. I don't know what it is, but it's not a real job. So this would go at the end. So at the end of the resume, okay, at the end of the resume. And just, it's interesting because it shows community involvement. You could maybe get business from these people. I don't know. Involvement, potential for business, but it's not something that you should leave with. Okay. And again, you don't have any of this. Okay. So let's scroll down here a little bit. Council Associate Gordon Altman, Dewey Ballantyne. Okay. Interesting. Summer Associate, then Associate. Okay. Michigan Law School. Great. Cornell. Okay. So these are all great schools and admissions. You can see this goes at the bottom. Okay. So let's talk about this person. So this person was a bankruptcy attorney. So that's fine. Bankruptcy. Then they were corporate. Wow. They were for Carl Icahn, who's a big deal. So then they were in-house or bigwig, which is a billionaire. Okay. So I'm pretty much sold on all this stuff right, right there. This looks really good. So 2004, you don't need to say you're an attorney in New York. Okay. So then this person suddenly becomes, takes four years off. Okay. So it's probably, okay, it's probably a, no offense, but it's probably someone that moved to Los Angeles and looks like, saying what it looks like, and had kids, which is perfectly fine. And I don't know if that's the truth, but that looks like what happened. What's actually okay here is law firms and in-house employers actually respect people that, that, have, that, that have kids and take time off. They, it's actually, I saw Davis Polk recently or not too long ago hire someone back that took 20 years off to have kids. It's actually respected. So there's no problem with that. But what I would recommend here is there's a reason that this person has been a contract attorney for 15 years. I'm assuming that it's not because this person isn't a super high performer. It's because look at all these schools and it's just awesome. So I'm assuming that the reason for that is probably because the person is basically has another life and doesn't want to work full time. I don't know. But that to me seems what's going on. But here's some problems. So having a job for four months is not good. That is not going to help you because this looks like you weren't doing a good job. Being a contract attorney for a law firm, I don't know if this is a law firm, I'm assuming it is, 
oh no, it's not, is not going to help you because it just doesn't look right. And then working for the wonderful company for five months and then for two months is not going to help you either. So you really want to take that off probably. And then to the extent you can, you probably want to just... Your career stopping in 2004 is actually okay. There's nothing wrong about that. And it actually, this looks three years. This is two years, three years, four years, perfectly fine. There's nothing... Uh, 1994, oh, I see. We actually... Summer of 1994 doesn't mean you were an associate and you were an attorney in New York till it was actually 1995. So you should fix that. But this is fine. So this person's resume with that is fine. So what do you do with this? You don't see your contract attorney from for the past 15 years. You just say something along the lines of between attorney, personal. You could even put this. You could put this at the personal. And this is actually okay, personal. Between something along the lines of between 2008 and the present, now I have been, I've been raising children, raising children. I don't know if that's true, but maybe it is. And I've also kept myself busy with positions assisting the general counsel, legal departments of, and then you would say Alcoria, whatever the heck that is, Orica, Inc., Assured Guarantee, and then what's the other one? The wonderful company. Something along those lines. And maybe this goes in a, someplace else, but integrating this information into your, and again, legal experience would be legal, but integrating this information into your resume would be useful. Now, I want to show you something very interesting here. And I, no, I'm not going to show you something interesting. But the way you fix this, you wouldn't, you could just say, you, you don't even need to say personal. You could just say, but 2008, say since 2008. And then you could say, I'm ready to return full-time, something along that line, full-time to the legal, to legal practice. So doing this will get this person potentially interviews in law firms. It will also, probably not large law firms, but even potentially large law firms. And it will also get this person positions in-house. Once you start saying you're a contract attorney, again, it gives people the idea that you're not interested in permanence, that you're trying to, that you would prefer to do something else. And that's kind of it. And saying you work for ICANN Associates for four years is awesome. So is saying you were a corporate associate and also saying that you work for Dewey Valentine for a few years is very good. If it was me, I would just try to say associate here. I would not try to redirect people to bankruptcy. And I would just try to make this, try to make this sound a little bit more like corporate. If you can, just to suggest make sound more like corporate. And you could probably do that. You can say financial transactions, and but try to get anything out that doesn't sound like corporate. And then this all sounds like corporate. So having that, making it sound like corporate is going to help you. Okay. So that's how I would recommend this. And then I would, a lot of this council, legal department, you need to make all of this sound as much like corporate as you can. What I don't like here is this person's talking about EOC complaints, then they're talking about distressed mortgage investment. Everything should sound like corporate to the extent you can. And the better off you do with that, better off you're going to be in terms of getting stuff. What I like about your ability to rewrite this is instead of looking you're all over the map and not committed, people will respect you for having children and putting them first. And but at the same time, respect you for keeping yourself working. And then you don't even have to say it in your contract. You just basically make it look like you continued working to the extent you can. And, and people will like that. Anytime you have a weakness, you try to make it look stronger. And this is what good attorneys do. Good attorneys make weaknesses look strong. They do that for their clients and they do that for themselves. So if you do that, you'll be in good shape. I don't know what any of this is, award copyright law that's not related to being a corporate attorney. I don't know that being the publicity, the child advocacy law clinic, it's going to help you. The reason I take all this stuff off of resumes is because what you need to do, what your resume needs to do, no resume should, should detract people from thinking you do one thing, do only one thing, where one thing or specialty. So that's pretty much what you need to think of, and even in a practice. And so no resume, you don't want to do that. And if you're able to get away with not doing that, like this stuff detracts people. They business minded, what the person wants to be a business, they want to 
they're invaluable. What does that mean? Why don't they stay anywhere? What they only have 10 years experience and you just, you have to realize the questions that people are going to ask. So you just make it look very simple and you remove all this stuff and it just becomes a much more powerful resume and you can fix all this. So this stuff is fine. You were in the journal of law reform. That's great. But being the publicity chairperson and student senate or child advocacy, none of this says corporate attorney. So it's just not going to help you. And then Bachelor of Science, and you were just saying human development and family studies. I don't know. I would just say human family studies, obviously this person got jobs and Dewey Valentine and things with this. So I don't know. Family studies just doesn't sound like I think at Brigham Young, they actually have a major in something like domestic. I don't know, but I don't know if I'm right about that, but someone told me that not too long ago. Okay. College of Human Ecology. Okay. You could say Bachelor of Science with Distinction in Human Development, something along those lines. I would just, anything like family studies just doesn't sound, you can, full merit scholarship is great. Ecology has changed. Senior, that's fine. Human GAPA, no one's going to know what that is. So I would remove it. And then putting fraternities on your resume. This is actually here. It looks like a nice thing, but a lot of times people do that. And then this person, the bar. So you don't need to say when you're admitted. You just say, Admissions, California, New York State Bar, so California, and then then New York State. And you don't need to say the year you're admitted, doesn't really matter. And then being admitted to federal district courts is not really something that people care about because you can just get in by motion. That doesn't need to go on there. So this could be a very good resume if, if it was focused only on corporate law. And so this person actually wrote at the top of the resume, corporate attorney, and that's exactly what it should be. So everything needs to be taken out. The problem with being in the Citizens World Bank Board of Directors is that it detracts from person looking like a corporate attorney. You could put down, you could put down interest or personal or something personal, and then you could put down the board of directors, directors, and so forth. I, I do want to talk about one thing real quickly, because this actually this resume gives me the idea of it, and I think it's important here on this particular resume. This is okay, but it just, you don't need to put a lot of information on it. People are going to wonder why are you no longer a member of the board of directors, but it's just not that important. And a lot of times what happens with people is, and this is something this person did up here, is people want to look important and they want, they want to tell people they're important. And this person actually is important because of the jobs they've had and their understanding of things and the people they've worked for. This person is probably a very good attorney, but something you know happened that made them not commit. But you don't need to tell people you're important. And a lot of times when you brag about your experience or make it look like that in your resume, it just turns people off. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem with bragging in your resume, and actually I'll show you up here, is, and this, I know we're going into a lot of detail here, but this kind of stuff, um, let me close Grammarly here. This kind of stuff can really, is something that people will look at very closely when they're looking at you. And there's actually, I remember the one that I removed. So the other question that you have here, people, when someone's looking at your resume, they're asking, can you do the job? Will you do the job long-term? But the, actually, the second question they're asking that's very important is, can this person be managed? And being managed means essentially that you're willing to do what you think the organization you're part of, you're part of is more important than you. And you're also able to follow instructions, commit and all that sort of thing. Commit is one of them. You, you do what you're asked and not rebel. So these things about being able to be managed is this is what you have to do when you work for others. And I'll be completely honest with you because I think that you should understand this is even in law firms, the very best partners that are there for the longest time and that are managed, they're managed by executive committees, they're managed by other attorneys, they're managed by, and they're, they go along with it. They're not, they don't think they're better than the law firm. They respect the law firm and the management. And that's why they're working in law firms. People that don't work in law firms and start their own practice and stuff can't be managed many times, but people in law firms working with other people have to be managed. Even the president of the United States is managed. If you don't think Biden is, if you're not manageable, then people hate you, which is like Trump or something. So you have to be able to be managed. And it's very important in the world. It's not important for entrepreneurs, 
but it's very important in the world to be able to be managed. Now, even entrepreneurs need to be able to manage. Like in my job, I have to be essentially manageable by law firms. And I know that, and, but it's how it works. So this person, obviously, you can see this resume can be managed. There's no doubt about it that this person is, can be managed. There's just absolutely no question. Same thing here. This person, then they were in the military, can definitely be managed. This is a very good risk to hire someone like this. This person, if they take off all this stuff, which looks just independent, kind of all over the map, and they rephrase it, can be managed. And then this person, when they start saying all this stuff, it makes people feel like they're not manageable and that they're telling you their skills and I'm this and I'm that. And, and then all these different jobs, some for very short periods of time, make it look like the person's not manageable because they're not sticking around and you don't know. All this stuff makes it look like the person's manageable. If you're working for Carl Icahn, who's a billionaire, then, then you're going to look manageable. A couple other things here is this should look to the extent it can, like a corporate attorney. It, it shouldn't, you don't have to say you co-found a legal department or something. You can tell people that, but you don't need to, you don't necessarily want to put it the way you have like this. That's green. It's like that. So this is really what I would do with this resume is I would make it sound completely like corporate. And then just realize that being, being able to be managed is extremely important in terms of how you portray yourself on your resume. I hope that helps. I mean, this resume is exceptional. It's just, there's just a lot of decisions that have been made with it that detract from the overall message. Your, every resume needs to have an overall message about a practice area and try to do all these things. So it needs to ask, can you do the job? Meaning, can this person in this particular case be a corporate attorney? Can they be managed? Meaning, Will they listen to what we say and respect your organization? Are they going to stick around? Is there anything in their background to suggest that they don't stick around, they leave when there's problems? How much do they want the job? They really want a job or not? So this particular person, you wouldn't know how much they want a job because there's no commitment. This particular person up here, you wouldn't know how much they want the job because now they've got their own practice. So maybe they can't be managed. And so you have all these questions that people are asking when they look at your resume, and you have to be very careful about the message that your resume is sending. I hope that helps. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 